Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative and check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and download. All right, so let's get into the Parna stuff because um, that's really interesting. And then I'll introduce a very special guest that we have on today. Um, I got to show you this. Do you see this photo? This is. It the, looks you know, like something out of The Sopranos, doesn't it? It, it I mean, does. I, th- I thought it was actually from The Office at the Bing. It really <laughs> is Jersey. just unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, look at these oh, guys. The smoke-filled room. It's it's a lot, and it certainly tells you the kind of environment that that uh, these guys are in. And I'm 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 bringing that up because. You know, the more you look into what Parnas has has uh, iPhone has given us, all the evidence he's given us, it does begin to look like there's a lot of mob connections. Now, there's one person that you and I both know and rely on. I, I rely on a lot for understanding what's going on, and that oh, is Lincoln's yes. Bible on Twitter. And we've managed to, if technology is helpful to me today, are you there, Lincoln's Bible? Nice to hear your voice. I don't know if it's ever been heard, but it's good to it's good to have you on the air. First, I want to say hi, Dina. I can't hear you, um, and I appreciate the seriousness of which you started this show. And I haven't been heard before, um, but there is a level of seriousness that those texts brought into the conversation um, and into our knowledge base of who we're really rolling with here with this president that um, I felt the need to get on the air tonight with you when you asked, so. We're so thankful that you have, because honestly, mm. uh, there's very few people that I know who quite understand the story as well as, as you. And what I'd like to do is you pointed to this on online the yesterday. You pointed to these two handwritten notes uh, from the Ritz-Carlton. It, basically, it looks like he's having a conversation with Rudy Giuliani. They're discussing Lenny Davis, who is the lawyer for Furtash. And I, I know this came to life to you, LB, because uh, Furtash is, of course, a very prominent figure that is well known to be connected to the Russian mob. Um, tell us a little bit about what made these two pages stick out for you. Well, uh uh, it's sort of the, the our followers, uh, both for myself and other people who have been exposing the organized crime connections to Donald Trump and his history and giving all that context, have long been trying to point everyone to the fact that Manafort and Furtash are intimately connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I saw this, and also knowing uh, that Giuliani was still consulting with Manafort, and knowing what Furtash's history is with Mogilevich. Dmitry Furtash is a upper lieutenant in the Mogilevich, Semyon Mogilevich, who is a Russian mafia boss. Um, there's great speculation over how powerful he may be today, but rest assured, in his day, he was uh, the brain inside of uh, a transnational global crime syndicate of which there is there has been no rival. Um, in, in the last hundred years. 
this. He's considered to be one of the close associates of Semyon Mogilevich, as you said. He's the head of who is the head of Russian organized crime, which I, you know is maybe not the most accurate description, but who's also Putin's best friend. Also, may not be the most accurate description, but we get a sense that Furtash is very connected. He's currently has an extradition order against him uh, to, to be extradited to the United States, but he's, he's not following that. He's staying in Vienna. The extradition is for an $18.5 million payoff in India, but it is significant that he is wanted in the United States and that part of what's been going on in the background here is that he has been resisting that and, of course, electing Donald Trump or, and whoever else into, uh, into government here is helpful to him, potentially, in fighting that extradition. But what you were also pointing out is how closely connected he is to Semyon Mogilevich. Let me clarify one thing. I know he's not Semyon's best friend. Uh, that particular honor goes to one of Fred Trump's old cronies and someone also connected with Giuliani and Donald and Michael Cohen. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a Brighton Beach <laughs> kind of uh, moniker I'd give out. Uh, okay, now I'm seeing this. So we have, oh, Pavel Fuchs, there he is. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just catching up with this. And I can, I can give you a little bit of an idea of why I ran it this yeah. way. So I had Parnas, I was looking for, the, you know, how is Parnas connected to Mogolovich? And there are two significant ways. One is an, a guy named Alexander Ungert, who now lives in London, who is a, supposedly a deputy of Mogolovich. Um, and this is proven and, and factual, and Parnas has done some work for him. And the other way he's connected is through Furtash. Um, there are text messages now that in, the, in the text messages that came out yesterday where they spoke about Parnas traveling to Vienna, where Furtash lives, but he's also been a translator and, and worked for him before. And then if you look at, of course, Parnas is, we know, connected to Giuliani. Uh, he's tangentially connected to Donald Trump in that he's had photos. We don't have any evidence that there's any money uh, changing hands between them in any contractual form. But we know that Parnas and Giuliani are connected and that they say they worked on Donald Trump's defense together um, for this. And then we also know that Pavel Fuchs is connected to, to uh, both Giuliani and Trump. And as you mentioned earlier, Manafort. So when you look at, at this particular diagram, what you're seeing is that Donald Trump has three different, completely separate connections to Simeon Migolovich, and that this particular branch is, is made easier to understand because of Lev Parnas's uh, phone, which I think is this, you know, when you look at a chart like this and you're saying, wow, there's three different paths to the dawn of dawns in Russia, that's pretty telling. Right. I, I think it's important to point out that Mogilevich is actually Ukrainian mm -hmm. and ended up in Russia, mm -hmm. in Moscow, mm -hmm. uh, because of the bratva with, with, that he is associated with. Right. Um, and so uh, we think of him, and this is important with Russian organized crime, and thinking of that part of the global mafia is that these connections, these individuals, many of them were in place when the Soviet Union was still intact. And, and so as the Soviet Union fell and the new states all sort of, you know, came into being, the organized crime, the underworld, uh, was still connected. And it was still connected in exactly the same way it had been regardless of the politics above. Mm -hmm. This is important because, in this particular context, because Furtash and Mogilevich are connected through a company I can never pronounce correctly, but uh, through the gas um, oh, industry in Ukraine. Ukraine. Energo so or something Russ, like Uper, that. Russ, Ego, yeah, 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 yeah. Energo. Um, and that actually is the entity 
uh, that was connected to Rifeson Bank and that has been connected to quite a bit of not only money laundering abroad through Vienna, through all these other places that want Fortash in jail, and, <laughs> but through Paul Manafort himself and mm. through Fred Trump, Donald's father's fixer, a man by the name of Brad Zaxon. So there's actually a lawsuit. Everyone can go and look up and um, and see all their names together as defendants uh, for a woman, which is important to point out, a woman named Yulia, Yuli, and I cannot pronounce her last name either, but she was a cabinet member in uh, the Yanukovych uh, when he came into power, and he had a way with Paul Manafort at his side uh, and Putin pulling the strings of putting people into prison. Uh, wrongfully imprisoning them. This is the corruption in the Ukraine that Donald Trump mm -hmm. pretends he knew nothing about. It's also the corruption in the Ukraine that uh, Joe Biden was acutely aware of and was, when he was VP, saying, look, you've got to straighten this out because we had such corruption in there. Um, so she filed a lawsuit for all of the wrongs that had happened to her. Her lawyer is an American lawyer, and they filed it through the U.S. courts. And everyone should take a look at that. You don't have to read more than a few pages of that. But understand and look in the defendants that the co-defendants in that case are Paul Manafort, Semyon Mogilevich, Dmitry Furtash, and all of the laundering uh, LLCs that he used for Mogilevich to launder the money from one scam to the next, um, and Brad Zaxon, who right. was Fred Trump's fixer. So this is, I'm, I'm going to bring in uh, Dina back here because, you know, this is so significant that what we're going to see over the next few weeks, I think, is evidence of Donald Trump's connections to the mob, the Russian mob and the Ukrainian mob. This is not just a case of him fighting corruption or not fighting corruption or moving ambassadors uh, in and out of, of their positions. This is a case of him being involved in corruption himself and being working on behalf of Ukrainian organized crime to make sure that that corruption keeps going. It's a very significant turn. And it's very hard to see how senators are going to be able to look at all of this and, and not find him guilty. Yeah. You never underestimate the corruption of Mitch McConnell and his Republican cronies, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a reason that they got in line behind Trump when he became, uh, you know, their nominee back in 2016. So uh, I think that what we unfortunately are looking at is that the Republicans will do their best to obfuscate, uh, hide, lie. Uh, cheat, usual tactics, right. and, and in, in an effort to cover up Donald Trump's crimes. Well, but, you know, the, is that the thing, the thing I will say is this, is that I was at the Cohen hearing, Michael Cohen hearing live, that. as many of your viewers know. Yeah. Uh, I think the human emoji behind him. And, you know, it literally was like being on the set of the Godfather movie, you know, with the testimony of right. the mobsters before Congress. It, it was surreal. Yeah. And anybody who wasn't aware for whatever reason of donald trump's long and deep ties to the mob all you had to do is watch five minutes of that hearing and it was blatantly obvious and i'm very i don't want to say happy but it's about darn time that we start peeling back the layers of this onion and everyone gets to see you know that donald trump is a mopped up traitor and he's been in bed with with ukrainians and russians and and the Iranians and a lot of bad everybody, everyone a lot of really bad elements around the world certainly and not pro-American folks 
not following the rule of law, that's for sure, or any law. And that to me is, is, is incredibly significant. I wanted also to point out to you, LB, and to Dina here, you know, in this particular um, notepad, it talks about Lenny Davis on the right-hand side and getting rid of Lenny Davis. Nicely, yeah. it says. Get, uh, get Nicely. all the info, Nicely. whatever that not is. <laughs> What's the alternative? Yeah, that's not a hit. That's... Yeah. <laughs> and then it Lenny, says, why don't you go swearing. do something else now? Yeah. yeah. And then, so you know what's interesting is that I, I know where that came from because here's um, Rudy Giuliani on the, I guess it's the 8th of March, 2019, criticizing uh, Lenny Davis uh, for yeah. saying that he's working for the, for the Ukrainian uh, oligarch, Furtash, yeah. and that he needs to uh be exposed for that and be uh you know basically criticize lenny davis for working for this indicted ukrainian so there i think the reasoning behind all of that has to do with the fact that uh lenny works for michael cohen and was part of michael cohen's um testimony in front of the congress here's what i think about lenny davis um i think lenny davis is a is a damn fine attorney for uh, uh, some very powerful and dangerous crooks and um, I think it likely bothers um, the people who want to know the information but can't get their hands on information that they can't get their hands on information of a lawyer that um, represented Michael Cohen I think it I think it is probably something in there that just drives the president nuts mm -hmm. um, and that to me that command was clearly coming that get rid of this guy uh get everything you can off of him get all the info from the case that's privileged information mm -hmm. um if we're reading this correctly uh i i do now i wasn't a big fan of uh hearing from lev i certainly don't want to hear from him over the over cable news i uh, without an oath i want to mm -hmm. hear from him under oath Mm -hmm. um, but I'd like for him to explain some of this. And, you know, there's some of these other names that look like they're difficult to understand. I can't even pronounce them. Are, are you, former Ukrainian, you know, or presently Ukrainian competitors to Dmitry Furtash. Yeah. So this is all about Furtash. Yeah. And Pichuk and, and it's Kolomoisky. all about Furtash. Uh, Kolomoisky is, mm -hmm. uh, was, is a patron of, some people say, of Zelensky. But he has been at pains to say when I think Giuliani and uh, Parnas and Fruman came over to ask for the initial Zelensky meeting, Kolomoisky said, go ask him yourself. I do not talk for him um, and yeah. shut that door, um, which is yeah. why this note says start your communication with Zelensky without right. either of these guys at your side. And that's, you know, it's a good sign that Zelensky might be an independent. And, and one of the things that gets confusing is when people think about Ukraine, they think of like a single entity and a united country. Uh, and in fact, Ukraine is a challenging challenge by the fact they have mother, the former mother Russia right on its border, mm -hmm. right? Invading its land, as we all know. And that you have these entities within Ukraine that are very aligned with Russia. And this mm -hmm. would be not just the mobligarch elements that we've talked about, Simeon Mogilevich, uh, Dmitry Firtash and others, but also some of the country's leaders. So when you think about the context of hearing, well, wait, wasn't Joe Biden trying to oust some sort of Ukrainian person? Well, yes, that was the corrupt former general prosecutor who was a, a Putin puppet 
uh, aligned, you know, and, and was appointed by the former president of Ukraine, who was another Putin puppet. So you have to. So I, I just want to caution our viewers that when you think Ukraine, you've got to understand which faction is this the pro-democracy, anti-corruption part of Ukraine, or is this the pro-Russia, corrupt mobligarch part of Ukraine? Right. That's and a very. So if you're thinking about the mobligarch Ukrainians, that mobligarchs. These are, you know, they're in bed and leading the Russian mob. I mean, they're, they're one and the same. They're all part of the same organization led by a Ukrainian guy who's now living in Russia, Semyon Mogilevich. So I think that's just important for people to understand. I think so, too. Um, I don't know if you could hear all of that at Lincoln's Bible, but if, uh, if you could, I, you know, what Dina was pointing to was the distinction between uh, the, the mobbed, mobbed up Ukrainians and the non-mobbed up Ukrainians and that there's yeah. a, a real difference between I, I, those two. I'm switching back and forth. There's a little bit of a delay, but I'm, I'm, I am watching her. Yeah, she's she, she's 100% right. Mm -hmm. um, so let's just bring this back yeah. and bring it down for a second. Um, I, I truly don't care what kind of uh, individual this guy Hyde ends up being in terms of his emotional, mental stability. Mm -hmm. uh, he was playing around with the life of a U.S. ambassador abroad mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in return for his sycophantic closeness and connectedness to Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump's personal attorney appeared to have, via the relationship with Lev Parnas, taken this man seriously. Yep. I do not care who he is. Everyone needs to get on this page. This really looks like Definitely the tracking and stalking of a U.S. ambassador was sanctioned, was known and, and uh, uh, apparently, I don't know, requested, but certainly um, no one's saying, stop, don't do that. And it gets very tricky that. when they're talking about, uh, you, know, uh, you know, whatever the price might be. I mean, are, are they actually talking about something or doing harm to the ambassador? It's certainly... Yeah, well, yes. And, and again, this uh, guy yeah. would be... You know, a fantasist poser. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, <laughs> there are a lot of those. Um, mm. I'm gathering they're in the spy world as much as they are in uh, in the organized crime world. Of, right. You know, the, of men mainly uh, who like to sort of have a grandiose uh, sense of themselves or selling themselves that way in order to get access to power or favor. Mm -hmm. So he could be in that camp. Again, it does not matter. Look at what they were discussing. Yeah, it is. It is. Look shocking. at what they Look, were discussing. I, you know what? Even and, just and once, the uh, there, uh, that, that when you get into this world, let me just say this. When yeah. you get into this world and you are either studying it or you're investigating it or you're prosecuting it or God forbid you're sucked into the underworld um, and you are a member of it. The human life, our bodies, mean nothing. Mm -hmm. So, yes, would they be discussing flippantly to commit an act of violence on a U.S. ambassador? Sure. That's the world. Well, I take a step back. I'll be, I 1,000% agree with you. But I even think, let's just look at the absolute facts that are clear, mm -hmm. right? You had Trump cronies via his per own personal attorney conspiring with foreign elements 
to surveil a sitting U.S. ambassador inside a U.S. embassy. Yeah. Right there. What did Pompeo know and when did he know it? This is, you know, embassy security is something that is critical. We've had ambassador killed recently. Remember Benghazi, Benghazi, Benghazi? You know, where was the State Department on this? It's a good question. Why was she? She was yanked out in the middle of the night. Yeah. Get on the next plane. That is frightening. These are facts. So you don't don't even have to look at the text messages to know that that happened. Now we learn that they were surveilling her enough to know if her telephone is on. This is very, very, very concerning. And potentially had someone inside. It's impossible to imagine any honest intent of what they were doing when while breaking the law but you even without knowing what they were going to do with it it is chilling 100 percent. i i think and the, and when he when, the, when he says that you know there's someone on the inside i mean how terrifying for the ambassador yeah. to find out that there was someone around her leaking information about her that you know could have caused her enormous amount of harm but certainly was leaking a lot of sensitive information about her. Where she was. Where she was. What her security detail was. Unbelievable. That is frightening. When you talk about national security threats, and when Nancy Pelosi keeps underlining why this impeachment is about national security, this is why. I mean, ambassadors... All roads lead to Putin. Yeah, all roads lead to Putin. We should probably uh, come to a close soon, but let me point to two more things that Parnas said, which I think are interesting. Firstly, we mentioned Vienna, uh, where are you guys going to Vienna? Well, that's where Fertash lives. Wow, says Rudy Giuliani. I mean, that's uh, interesting and telling about who they were getting instructions from. And uh, the other one, which I know, uh, Lincoln's Bible, you'll appreciate, uh, landing in Teterboro around 4 p.m. Oh, we lost Dina there. Uh, for meeting at the Grand Hyatt at 5 o'clock. And then, uh, and then he says, I have a meeting there from 5 to 7 p.m., then free. Now, you and I both know, Lincoln's Bible, that... The Grand Havana is is a place where the Russian mob likes to hang out. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, it's um, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's blatant. All of the pieces are there. They're not even under the surface. There's no surface to scratch. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's so present that uh, that this is organized crime. That it's just floating around all of us. And I get that people have a hard time wrapping their minds around it. I really do. Now is probably the time that people should become more familiar with who these people are on this chart, because uh, these guys don't mean well for the United States. And if the president of the United States has direct dealings with or indirect dealings with uh, Mogilevich, to the extent that he appears to be through three different you know, if you were playing six degrees of separation, you know, he's at two or three degrees in three different ways to Magoilovich. It's it's disturbing and it needs to be looked at. Uh, and now is about the time that Americans need to face the, this truth. The darkness is rising. Yeah. The underworld is flooding us. And every anyone who knows anything about it and has looked at organized crime for from any angle knows it. Right. And uh, and we're either going to choose to um, stand up to that uh, and choose our republic, or we're not. And it's that simple. Right. This is much and more I than cur- about the parties. I encourage journalists to not back off of it. Uh, there's mm. so many great journalists out there doing a lot of hard work 
Um, and I know that I, I, I know the whole rigmarole with the attorneys and, <laughs> you know, getting through the process of trying to get your story out. I get it. I get it. But just don't stop. Don't stop. This is everything's on the line. The amount of darkness, as LB was putting it, that seems to be rising uh, in, in this world and swamping out the people who, who want the rule of law and how important it is that people start to realize that that is what is at stake right now. Their whole motive, right, is to, uh, well, do exactly what Donald Trump is doing. He installed his ringer as the attorney general. I mean, we thought that uh, Jefferson uh, Beauregard Sessions was bad, but actually he was pretty decent <laughs> compared really to Bill Barr, who is yeah. devious and uh, worse than a sycophant. He's just morally corrupt and mm. is part of the active cover-up of Donald Trump's crimes and those of his cronies. So, you know, it is a very frightening time, not just here, but you look in Western Europe and mm. countries that are actively under attack by uh, Putin, who is clearly and obviously in bed with uh, the global mob and is certainly doing their bidding. And uh, as is, unfortunately, the president of the United States, which is uh, something I never, ever thought in a million years I would think, believe for a moment, let alone say publicly. But that this is where we're at. But we still have that open right to vote and Americans must exercise it in November. I mean, vote literally like the future of our country depends upon it, because guess what, friends? It does. No, I think it's important to, uh, as much as the folks that follow us really carefully, um, to people who maybe are just coming into this conversation newly and a little bit uh, rocked by it, um, and for just for all of us to just, uh, for us to keep an open mind as well as we go into this Senate trial. I know folks want to just write off uh, a whole party uh, of senators um, as being irreversibly and irrevocably corrupted and compromised. But let's keep our our minds open for them uh, so there's a space for them maybe to uh, walk onto the right uh, side of history and the rule of law. And I think um, just pay attention to every little detail <laughs> is what I would say. There's that's, no detail too small. Absolutely. And don't lose hope, friends. friends. Don't, don't lose hope, hope because, because that's, that's, then they, they win. win. That's and, it. And over the next two weeks, you know, pay, the attention to detail is important because it's just, it's going to be a short trial. We have a lot of people who focused very carefully on this. Don't let anything slip by. Research everything. But even more importantly, this is when public opinion matters. The more public opinion polls rise, the more influence that is brought to bear on the senators, especially the senators in the swing states. Phone calls. More, yeah, Friends, phone calls, phone calls are, are the most, most influential. Written snail mail letters, letters and, and phone, phone calls. Uh, I'm going to end there because I could talk to you guys forever because you're two of my absolute favorite people and uh, I hope uh, everyone got as much out of this as I did. And uh, to you too. And thank you very much, Lincoln's Bible. Um, it's nice to hear your voice. Um, and I hope we get to hear it again. Uh, but have a good night. And uh, thanks very much for joining us here on Narrative Live tonight. Thanks, thanks for, for having, having me, Zev. Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. And check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe and download. Mm -hmm.